For a long time now, I thought I was just a survivor, but I'm not. I'm the winner. That's who I am. The Time Lord Victorious. Thank you very much for downloading the Trap One podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Simon. I'm Colin. Today we're talking about the final piece of the Time Lord Victorious puzzle, the vinyl exclusive Echoes of Extinction. Uh, delayed from November 2020 when it was due to be released in Asda supermarkets. Uh, it obviously didn't go ahead on public health grounds, so the vinyls have now been available as online purchases, which seem to sell out incredibly quickly. Did you guys manage to grab one? I did, but uh, it, it, ha- it hasn't arrived. Um, but the, obviously the download has. Um, I'm not a collector of the vinyl since I have nothing to play it on and storage issues already. So um, no, but I did get the download obviously from Big Finish. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the um, the vinyls have been um, released. Uh, have been sent out by Big Finish yet? I don't know. No, and I think it, it's um, sometimes they bundle um, some of your orders together. Mm-hmm. I think. They don't do a, br- a perfect job of it, but I think they do. So it would make sense to bundle it if people have bought Dalek Universe as well or something. Makes sense. Well, I've, um, it is a beautiful item. I've, um, I've got a copy of it here. It's the double A side with um, Paul McGann on, uh, on one side and David Tennant on the other. So this is from Demon Music Group, who are basically like just peerless, I think, in terms of... Uh, the, the packaging and the discs themselves that come with these Doctor Who releases. They do all the, the classic stories that come out. I think the next one been announced is the Ice Warriors in June. Um, and yeah, this one's absolutely gorgeous as well. So to reflect the sort of double A-side nature of it, um, it's the colours are uh, split down the middle between red and blue. And it's uh, obviously um, half the story for each Doctor on each side of the disc, um, with one of the uh, selling points being that you can listen to them in, in either order, which um, I think we've mixed that up between us as well, haven't we, so we can compare notes. Yep. Um, and I think probably a weight of expectation with this one, I think partly because it's the end of Time Lord Victorious, um, and then there's been the delay with it. It is kind of fairly tangential to the main Time Lord Victorious story. I think it's more of a bookend, isn't it? You've got the Eighth Doctor just before he becomes embroiled in the Time Lord Victoria's shenanigans, and then the Tenth Doctor. It's some time after, so it's it's set after Day of the Doctor, because uh, he references being engaged to Elizabeth the First. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of either side of it to, um, for for each of the Doctors. Yeah, there's a reference, isn't there, to time still sorting itself out and the Eighth Doctor going off, still looking for um, planets going extinct and history going wrong, um, and his search for the 700 wonders of the universe. That's it, because he thinks he's arriving at the uh, Braxital exhibition. Like, at first, uh, did you think he said Brexit exhibition as well? I did. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely did. It's been in the news recently. I doubt it would make um, any of the wonders of the universe or the sound of it. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah so that's um that's the thing of uh the the tenth doctor in this is confusion as to whether the planet oriv was wiped out centuries ago or just last week um this is because he changed the the course of history when he wiped out the katura um and doesn't now 
this, this is presumably a planet that that actually survived centuries beyond uh, when it should have done, um, only to fall prey to the creature and is menacing them in this story. So, uh, should we talk about McGann or Tennant first? What do you think? Uh, yes we did have this idea to do a sort of double a-sided podcast didn't we um well i I did i did david Tennant first Mm -hmm. uh, and then i did the other one um yeah uh deeply underwhelmed by the whole thing uh just not really i just didn't get um anything much from it I, I just personally, um, it, I, I've not been following Time Lord Victorious. Um, and I just felt that it was kind of, I, I just didn't think the A and, A and B sides as they are really just really interlinked particularly well. And yeah, I guess you can follow it in any order. It's okay. But I just didn't really find it interesting what the villain was or what was going on or... I, I'd, I'd just, bleh, just not 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 my cup of tea. This one at all. It was a very basic story, and I know they've got a very limited running time um, of an hour. But Big Finish have done much more impressive stuff in an hour than than this, even with one Doctor. Um, I was just quite disappointed really i was expecting a bit more particularly as the time lord victorious has been generally pretty good the audios have been been quite exciting and fun but any of the others would have made a far better release for this um on vinyl i think than than this one did yeah i know what you mean i think because it and it doesn't tie in that closely to the rest of time lord victorious does it which i guess is maybe Part of the reason why this was going to get supermarket release, maybe kind of a bit more mainstream, might get the um, just a, the curious shopper uh, picking it up when they when they get their groceries. Um, so it, it maybe couldn't um, hew too closely to, um, to to the ongoing story arc. I think for me, a second listen, listen, it clicked a bit more. Um, kind of see what was going on. Um, there's some nice ideas. Uh, the so, so the, the McGann story, yeah, he, he arrives on a, a space station which has been put in orbit um, with a prisoner who has been wrongly convicted of a terrorist atrocity um, so that the families of the survivors can, can broadcast their angry messages of displeasure at her. Um, so it's a bit like Doctor Who fandom on Twitter. <laughs> but... It seems like quite an expensive prison system, uh, in a way. Um, not a lot of emphasis on rehabilitation either, does it? No, and I, I did really like the character of Jasmine. I thought she was was quite nice, and there was a bit of mystery about whether she'd actually committed the crimes and was responsible for it all. But again, if you've only got half an hour, you haven't got very long to set this up um and sort this out i was a bit disappointed that she wasn't in the second part or which i was part. expecting or the first part depending on your point of view <laughs> <laughs> look i th- I, just, I think it's um you know it's a concept they were i feel like tunnel victorious is just a, a marketing concept i didn't buy into i just feel it was one it's a little bit one step too far 
in terms of the doc just like there is so much doctor who stuff um and there's obviously a range of people of folks that want to go deep um but i the it just felt like um you, you know this vast universe of stuff that you would be interested in and i it, this didn't hook me unfortunately um what did i like i uh, well the, the only other points i would say is um I guess, you know, it is in this Time Lord Victorious era where the 10th Doctor's personality is a bit self-important. Um, and I don't like that. I don't, I just, yeah, okay, we get it. We saw that in the Waters of Mars onwards. And I get it. But I feel like it's it's effectively like if they went, right, let's make Colin Baker like he was in The Twin Dilemma. Um, and it's just not what, not not what one would want. And I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, of course, David Tennant's an actor and everything, but are you going to want that to play up to the stuff in your character that you um, were not particularly renowned for or, or, or sort of appreciated for? Because it, it was a, an interesting sort of twist. It is an interesting twist. I just didn't like hearing it. So I found the Paul McGann stuff just more pleasant to listen to as a character. Um, I thought the music was very good. I thought it was nice and understated and quite sort of 80s Tangerine Dream sometimes. I think it's interesting what you say about um, Tennant's performance. I didn't massively see it different to his other performances. Um, I've been listening to Dalek Universe this week. Um, and I, I, I was set in the same kind of period of his life, I suppose, which is um, between the waters of Mars and the end of time. Uh, which I think a lot of the, the big finish stuff is set. Um, the the Time Lord Victoria stuff is set immediately after Waterfalls of Mars. And then um, Out of Time, which which we talked about a little while ago, Colin, I think that's set in that period as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, di- I didn't see his performance as, as particularly different to um, to the other stuff he's doing at the moment. But it does throw it into stark contrast with Paul McGann. They, uh, they're two very different doctors, aren't they? Where Paul McGann is much quieter um, and David Tennant is very fast-talking, loud, kind of brash version of the of the character. And that's okay. That's okay. It's just I felt like, you know, if, if there's all this sort of um, retconning or whatever of um, uh, the Tenth Doctor, when you look back, he's very you know, teeth gnashing and um, intense and it's a bit over the top. You know, if you're going to give David Tennant a whole era of big finish for the rest, you know, for a long time, um, you, you know, do, do, do the bits, make make the character a bit softer where where you can. Um, but if that's the point, that's of Time Lord Victorious and that's the era, then, then that's okay. Um, in fact, I think it was more over the top in out of time with Tom Baker than it was in this. But, so. I did yeah. like his closing monologue um, a lot. I thought um, his his speech about the Eighth Doctor not knowing what's coming and yeah. apologising to him almost um, for what's to come, but saying, but you get through it and it gets better. I thought that was really nice, and actually, that was a quite well written and quite touching bit. 
It's just a yeah. shame Paul McGann didn't get to hear it, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he knows he's, he's got Time Lord Victorious right ahead of him and then the Time War as well, doesn't he? Um, I thought the cast on this was was absolutely brilliant. They've, they've got some pretty big names. Um, they've got uh, obviously Burn Gorman is is the creature, just like unnamed creature. Who's he's a pretty, he's been in a few movies now, hasn't he? He was in uh, The Dark Knight Rises, Pacific Rim, more recently Enola Holmes. Um, he he was in all of season four of The Expanse as well. Oh and right, he's, yeah, he's very very good in that. He's a right bastard in that. It's really good. I, I know you've recommended that to me on a number of occasions. It is still on my list to to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to uh, to get somebody in to do a kind of a monster voice, um, which you know it doesn't sound like him. You know, it's uh, he's a big name for such a part, isn't he? Yeah, and then um, to have Mina Amwar, who was who was very good but very recognisable. Yes, and of course. Um, Arthur Darville as well. Yes, less recognisable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his accent was quite different, wasn't it? I did like the way he kept saying, bullion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, um, like they, are, they are on the cover. Like, they're, they're not, so I'm not shying away from, from that. They, um, they look exactly like they do. Because uh, Mina Ramo was in Sarah Jane Adventures, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was Ronnie's mum. Mm-hmm. I remember it, the thin blue line. Um, she was that's just I think the first thing I ever saw her. In. I don't think I've seen her in anything. It was a Ben Elton, um, Rowan Atkinson sitcom in like the comedy, yeah. And the I forgot the name. the uh, The guy that plays the the robot butler in the first one, I thought was uh, was really good as well. Kind of very sardonic, a bit like Marvin when he's saying. Uh, the, to the to creature at the end, um, you know, can I, yeah, do you want a cocktail? So, uh, and this guy's just like, I'm going to kill everybody. He's like, can I have a cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, quite like a, a kind of a sarcastic android like that. Yeah, and then we get his arm back in the second one or the first <laughs> one, depending on your point of view. Yeah, it's. I think it slightly does make more sense to have McGann and then Tennant um, because Tennant seems to be aware of these echoes um he can uh, he can hear McGann's voice at various times in a way that it, it, although there are echoes the other way around it doesn't seem like he's that aware of them does it or he doesn't react to them anyway kind of felt a little bit like the 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 McGann one was like alien and then the tenant one was aliens because uh, the first one they're, they're, they're on the spaceship there's one creature and uh just like a handful of people and then the second one you've got like the um the, the crew of people who are trying to uh, Capture the creature to sell it, um, and uh, which is um, it's a bit like aliens, isn't it? The corporation want to uh, want to get a sample of it, and um, got all the banter between them and all that kind of stuff. And and there's there's more than one creature by that point as well. I don't know if that was a deliberate thing, but it's something that occurred to me. Well, you know, I, I was thinking of it as being like Flip Flop. I don't know if you remember Flip Flop, which is one of the earliest Big Finish yeah. um, releases, and that was a proper you can listen to this in any order and you get different things out of it by listening to it in the, in the different order and was complex and brilliant and funny. And this just wasn't quite up to that standard. I didn't think. And basically just having either doctor say one line at the end of each, each episode 
didn't quite cut it for me. I, again, the second time round, I appreciated it a bit more and I could see a few more of the threads because I was listening to it a second time and listening out for them. But it shouldn't have to be a second listen to reward you like that, really. Yeah, I felt like it clicked a lot more on, on the second listen. And the, um, yeah, because there is quite a lot in there, but it, it goes by so quick because you've just got half an hour on each side. Um, that yeah, I think you do sort of miss bits and pieces on the first listen, but um, yeah, I quite like the idea that the the creature was actually innocent, but then listening to all the transmissions um, saying it was a killer convinced it that it was a killer. Um, so that's why he wanted to uh, to wipe everybody out on the planet. Uh, so yeah, it was quite a, a different take on a villain, I suppose, uh, uh, of their creation. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, flip flop was like you say a much more complex. Uh, kind of naughty sort of thing, wasn't it, to get your head round? It was the Seventh Doctor one, is that right? It was, yeah, the Seventh Doctor and Mel. I need to ratchet one out again. I haven't listened to them for ages. This is a problem. There's not enough time to re-listen to them. And when you, re- when you have to yeah. re-listen to one because you're going to podcast on it and it's a disappointing one, it's all the more disappointing almost. <laughs> So up until the 30th of April, um, so for a few more days, if you're listening to this podcast in a timely manner, the website Podchaser are donating to Meals on Wheels for every podcast review that's written on there. Uh, Do please consider leaving a review for Trap One or any of the other Doctor Who podcasts you like. Um, For instance, the brilliant Gallifrey's Most Wanted, The Real McCoy or Diddly Dom. Any that you guys like to shout out? Well... On a non-Doctor Who podcast nature, I always like to give a big shout out to um, Don't Let's Chart, who are just silly and fun and brilliant and take the day that their podcast is coming out and look at it through history with silly quizzes and lots and lots of humour. They're always worth a listen. Um, But from the Doctor Who um, world, I would like to very much recommend um, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, which I've had... um, chance to be on as have i think you guys as well mm-hmm. um and joe's just doing a brilliant job of gathering up very positive doctor who fans for very positive commentaries on stories that people just really like and it's just always a delight to listen to there's a lot of episodes so it's a big commitment but um i've been dipping in and out i'm really really enjoying that cool um i um I've been uh, actually on an app called Clubhouse, um, which is weirdly only on iOS at the moment. Um, And the way I've come to think about it is uh, it's kind of curated live podcasts. So effectively chat rooms, but they feel like podcasts um, because you're, you're sort of going between all these rooms that people have set up and you're just sort of listening into speakers all the time. So you can, I've been sort of in, in sort of lots of the music rooms and some of the kind of um, Bitcoin, BitClout, NFT type rooms, trying to understand all these things and failing. Um, but it's just a, it's just an interesting concept that you you're sort of sort of in a podcast. It's not it's not recorded, but it's like a live podcast. It's very informational, and they call they you you get called up to the stage if you want to participate. So Clubhouse is an interesting thing. I'm not sure to what extent it's the future or everything, but it, it's sort of new and, you know, not monetized yet and who knows what's going to happen with it. But it's an interesting um, concept for sort of 
it's just like another another version of sort of Discord, but more on the audio side, or, or just even you know an IRC chat, but you know, but in audio form. So yeah, Clubhouse is interesting at the moment. Cool. Yeah, I don't understand Bitcoin at all. No, nor do I. Well, but I would like to recommend Hamster with a Blunt Pine Knife as well because it has been. Um, uh, you know, uh, good fun to listen to and good fun to be on. So thanks to Joe for that. And of course, Flight Through Entirety, we've got to recommend it. I mean, absolutely. You just have to, it's the law. Exactly. Uh, And Jodie into Terra and Bondfinger. (laughs) So what are the podcasts you'd recommend then, Mark? Uh, Well, um, say the, uh, the Real McCoy, um, was great. Gallifrey's Most Wanted and The Runcible Report. Tiddly Dum. Have you heard the Missing Episodes podcast? That's oh, God, brilliant. Yeah. That's, That's really, really good. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I love that one. That is uh, that is really, really good. Get a lot of detail for your for your time in that one. Yes. Um, yeah, I only fairly recently discovered that. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's become a firm favourite. Doctor Who, the Writers' Room. Uh, big fan of that one. Complete Menagerie, Crenoid Podcast, um, and the Highlanders is, is probably my favourite. They're on hiatus at the moment, but I highly recommend their uh, their back catalogue. Well, I've not heard of them. John and Lawrence, who've uh, been on track one a few times. Uh, well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, thank you for listening to the story and uh, coming to talk about it. Uh, Simon will be uh, will be talking about the Witchfinders novelization in a few weeks' time with John Featonby from the aforementioned Highlanders podcast. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, very much indeed. It's a good book. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, we've also got podcasts coming up on Rob Shearman's novelization of Dalek and Mark Gatiss's The Crimson Horror. So, so look out for those ones. Uh, thank you very much for listening at home. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>